Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Talk with the Titans, live from London, UK, all the way to the US of A and worldwide. I'm your host, Callum L, and this is Talk with the Titans. On tonight's show, we've got a discussion on evolution versus creationism. Wow, we've got a star-packed uh, panel for you today. We've got a few members that's going to be in the Evolution versus Mythology um, conference that's coming up shortly. So let me just introduce everybody furthermore. Let me just introduce everybody. So we've got Anka Keck. So a whole tip to you, my brother. Anka Keck, how you doing? You said it. What's good, bro? Black African power. Black African power. That's what I'm talking about. A well-organized life. The feats are disorganized truth every time. Hey, let's get it. The king of New York is here. Ow. Yes, sir. And from the king of New York, we've also got the king of the Englishmen. Hey, listen, Isa, assalamu alaikum to you. I know it's Ramadan, so how you doing? Alhamdulillah, Salam alaikum family. Yeah, man. Alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful subject. One of the most important subjects in the Quran is evo creation. So this subject of evolution and creationism is, you know, most important. All right, all right. We've also got a Sa'im Hotep. You know what? The grandmaster linguist in the building today. Hotep to you. Peace and blessings. I don't need my mic. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I look forward to the discussion. Uh, peace to the audience. All right. You know, we've got so many members on the panel today. We've literally got Hebrews on the panel. We've got Alvin who's here. We've got members of Team Osiris who's here. Hey, listen, we've got Konsu. Konsu from Team Osiris. Let me hear you up real quickly. Hotel, oh, yeah, bro. How you doing, brother? Hotel. Good, good, good. So you know what we've got? This this is a very beautiful topic right here. <laughs> evolution and creationism. So right now, I want to know. I want to know what is evolution? What is creationism? You know, what evidence are there to support these opposing, supposedly opposing uh, theories? And how did these two distinct theories get introduced inside of uh, the community, the black community, the conscious community in general as well? And um, I want to know, can these theories be reconciled together? Can, are these really so, you know, much at odds with each other, or can they actually be reconciled? So right now, there's so much talk about evolution and creationism. I don't think, you know, people actually have the grasp on what these topics um, actually mean, what these topics actually mean. So I want to know from a you know general perspective, when you hear the word evolution, what does it mean to you? I want you to type that down below inside of the comments box. What does evolution mean? And before you do that, please hit that share button, hit that share button, just scroll down as well. You can scroll down, hit the share button and let everybody know on Facebook Twitter, uh, Google Plus, um, you know, wherever you are, let everybody know that we're live right now and we are going to go in on evolution versus creationism. Whoo! Big boy topic right now. So let's get to this. Let's get to this. I want to know um, from the panel what is evolution. I don't want to. I don't want to hear the actual definition of evolution right now, but we'll go into that later. I want to know. When you hear the word evolution, what does it mean to you? 
So I'm going to start that off. Whoever wants to jump in um, and answer that, please jump in right now. Change over time. Okay, go ahead. Evolution is a change over time. Change over time. All right. Anybody else? Alvin, what is evolution to you? Uh, I will have to agree with uh, the brother just said. It's just uh, stuff changing over a period of time. Um, I would say in this instance, um, and the conversation we're having, it's the process of change of matter over time by what humans see and it's not just a change over time because that, that describes anything. You move something from here to there, you've changed something over time. Okay. Your audio levels is dropping a little bit, my brother Issa. Uh, but for, as far as I can get it, you're saying that evolution in this particular instance is talking about change over time with matter. All right? So has anybody... No? no? Oh, I... I'm so, sorry. Who's going next? I say evolution. I would say evolution is is, is primarily um, uh, one of the key elements in African culture. Do my study, my research. I mean, that's what that's what I would basically say. All right. Well, I would I would add that um, I think everyone else is pretty much correct when it comes to evolution as a concept unto itself. But um, under the guise of this particular discussion, uh, we're primarily talking about biological evolution. And when we're talking about biological evolution, you're talking about uh, descent with modification. And so when we talk about Darwin in the first five editions of Darwin's The Origin of Species, he did not have the word evolution in it. He had descent with modification. And so when you, when you understand it in the context of descent, with modification, meaning there's the descent of a particular species um, has different characteristics from its ancestors. Then we're talking about bio, uh, evolution in the biological sense. Okay, okay. So, all right. So let me get this correct to you. When we're talking about evolution, you know, I want to know where does this concept that we're talking about in this particular instance originate from. So far we've heard Darwinism, we've heard that it comes from you know the African continent, continent from the African state of mind. So where did this you know this concept of evolution come from? That's what I want to know. So please as well my listeners my viewership please just type it down. I want to know your thoughts on this subject. Okay. Um, you know so I think my brother summed it up very nicely. I want to say that when it comes to evolution, in my opinion, I'm, I'm taking it from, let's say, I, I would say I'll, I'll take it from where modern science takes it from uh, without tracing its roots back. And I'll say I take it from the Darwinism, uh, you know, he's, he's origins of the species. And in the origins of the species, he talks about uh, natural selection. You know, what we call in evolution is really talking about natural selection, uh, where there's this particular forces of nature that is working to cause you to become extinct, okay? There is a decaying or death force that's constantly working uh, throughout your environment that's just trying to cause you to die, and there is also a, a element within inside of your nature that wants you to uh, survive and exist, but being able to survive and exist, you need to adapt to those negative forces that's trying to kill you off, and you need to be able to adapt, and therefore that adaptation 
uh, causes a mutation for you to uh, survive with inside of your environment. So that's my concept of evolution. It's a process of natural selection to adapt and change to survive inside of your natural or even your artificial environment. That's my understanding, okay? Um, so if anybody else has a different understanding, please let me know, join in with the discussion and let me know. Anybody on the panel right now that has a different understanding, please join in and let me know. Okay, so from that, I want to know where does this idea of evolution originate from? How did the conscious community, the black community, um, you know, gain this idea of evolution? And I want to start, I want to ask that question to my brother Esau. Where did this concept come from? Esau, you there? Okay. Yeah, you can answer. Okay, wait, Issa's back, so I'm going to ask it again. Issa, where did this concept of evolution come from? I would say that the concept itself originally would have been those original humans that first evolved um, and contemplated nature and their very existence. So they, they observed what was around them and they would have just naturally concluded that that's how they came. Do you get what I'm saying? But when you said the conscious community, I would suggest the conscious community especially if you're talking about Afrocentrism, they would have got it more from the Western uh, perspective. And that's what I found. Although I do agree that those in ancient Kemet and Sumer, etc., they all had their own ideas of how we evolve. Okay. Um, uh, I want to kind of back up a little bit and, and deal with the, the concept of uh, evolution itself. Um, and, and natural selection. And there's, there's a thing we got to remember that um, as I was uh, stating earlier before we went live, the, the, the concept of evolution itself is totally separate from natural selection. Evolution is only the record that a change has occurred. Natural selection is only one of the five primary mechanisms of evolution. And so you have natural selection, you have gene flow, you have non-random uh, um, sex selection, you have mutations, um, and, I'm, and I'm missing, I'm missing uh -huh. another one, but there's five uh, me mechanics of evolution. And so when you're talking about evolution, you're only talking about the state, the, the, the knowledge that something has occurred. But what science, you know, asks the question is, well, what are the driving forces of evolution? And so you have, they have determined that these five mechanisms, uh, four in which I just stated, uh, are responsible um, for uh, uh, the evolution, excuse me, the evolutionary process. And so that's, you know, that has to be clarified, you know, from the beginning. Uh, secondly, the notion of evolution itself uh, is primarily in terms of what we can determine by the actual record um, and not guess is that it originates out of ancient Egypt. And uh, I will be participating in the August the 2nd uh, event in New York City. And this will be part of my uh, discussion there to demonstrate that evolution itself is as old as ancient Egypt and has is, is been there since 3200 BCE at Venom. And um, that the word evolution itself even comes out of Africa. Um, and so when, when we talk about evolution, even most people in the scientific fields know that evolution was already 
a a an understood concept in in science. Only thing that Darwin introduced was the mechanism. He introduced one of the mechanisms of, of evolution, which is natural selection, uh, which he called modification, uh, uh, descent with modification, and uh, and that in, in natural selection and things of that nature. So these things need the these concepts need to be clarified so we do not overlapping where they're they're not necessarily overlapping. Wow. So we're actually hearing it live now that the concept of evolution actually stems and originates in ancient Egypt. I would like to know, does our audience members actually agree with that statement right there? Or does our panel have something completely different to think about concept and the notion of evolution. I see Alvin is ready and ready to go. I know this is his hot topic, so Alvin, go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, I believe uh, people had the concept of evolution uh, probably for thousands of years, but if we're, if we're just going to talk about evolution as we know it today from the Western perspective of I believe uh, it started with uh, what's that? Um, Jean Baptiste Lamarck with his uh, theory of inheritance. Um, he actually had, you know, he was looking at giraffes, and you know, he was studying them like, man, their necks got longer, so they could start eating the, the um, eating the leaves or the dorm trees higher, so their necks got longer. So he was like doing that kind of thing, and he was like. Um, Darwin's predecessors. So, as far as this Western idea of where uh, evolution started, I would say it, it began with him. As far as um, this thing we call Darwin, Darwinism or evolution from from the Western uh, perspective. Interesting. Very interesting. So Can I ask you real quick? Go ahead. I would. Um. I don't necessarily like this Western idea thing there, and um, modern science uh, stands on the foundation of uh, African science. Science just doesn't uh, pop out of nowhere, and so you know what I'm saying. Um, at the end of the day, if you go to my website, Real Black Atheist, you see that symbol there. You see that dung beetle that beetle there. Uh, I represent that dung beetle there because I understood that the Nile Valley Africans understood dung beetles and in understanding understanding dung beetles understood evolution. This is clear today in modern science. They also use dung beetles. Darwin himself used dung beetles to understand evolution. So I was surprised really that a lot of people really wasn't talking about that. That that Kepita, I mean, becomes the god of evolution. I mean, this is not even this is and people fought me on that shit. Now it's starting to come out as Asar really th does his linguistic work on it and really mash that shit home, man. Ain't no turning back from this, man. You know, I think the community has been educated, and and, and I think it's a good thing that the squad is <clears throat> really doing. I really do. Definitely. Um, sorry, real quickly. Um, what was the name of your website again? The Real Black Atheist. Okay, so the realblackatheist.com, is that correct? Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> yeah, and what can we find on the realblackatheist.com? You can find uh, articles on evolution. Uh, one of the key articles, I'm not sure if it's working right now. Oh, it's working. I've got it right now that's up for our audience members to see with the um, dung beetles showing. You see that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, see that? You know, um, and then Mo, uh, Brother Saw, 
he actually produces website. That's what he do, right? But you see that see, see that real black atheism? That's another symbol of evolution right there. All right, you know what I'm saying? And and so just all across Africa, the symbology is there, man. This is nothing new to the African. Uh, you know, as, as science gets modernized and more things are added to it, you, you, they, they get microscopes, they start to understand DNA. I mean, this is an African thing right here, man. And, and, and the foundation of it starts in Africa. And ESO tell you that it travels through Islam. I mean, I don't know why people are fighting. I don't get it. Like, like it's a losing fucking battle. It is. I mean, it's 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 you you either going to be connected to everything around you, or you're just going to be fucking religious. Excuse my language. And you're just going to be religious and be out there on your own. But but evolution actually allows humanity to better themselves in medicine, technology. I mean, it's all. It, once you understand evolution, I mean, hey, the sky's the limit, man. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah, I would like to interject as well this time too. I fully support what Asar is saying. And it's good that Brother Asar is speaking on this because a lot of people are getting surface information in regards to evolution. They're not taking the time to be intrinsic. Because certain mechanisms such as descent, um, mechanisms of change, genetic variation, um, genetic drifts, natural selection, Coevolution. Um, when we talk about mutation and migration, which is known as gene flow, um, you have to be intrinsic in understanding the entire scope and not just generalize uh, certain aspects such as Darwinism. There is a composite understanding that amalgamates the ability to have aptitude in knowing evolution. And when you understand these intrinsic elements, it then creates a story. And these pieces of puzzle, these pieces of the puzzle, that come together. But you have to understand those intrinsic elements within evolution, and understand the process in order to reason and deduct fact. Because we have inductive, deductive, and abductive reasoning, generally deductive, that is conducive to understanding something and giving reason to it. Because some people will ask the question, "Well, how do you know this is 20 million years ago?" Well, you have to understand the process in which one creates reasoning when being scientific. And when you start to deduce, or sometimes you have to be inductive upon your deduction. And some people do lead to abstract thoughts that are abductive, but that the foundation is always summed up in facts and reasoning within the human fretter. And we have to understand that when we look at things scientifically. <clears throat> All right. Um, and you know what? I would like to know as well, because now we're going into the religion, the religions, okay? So I would like to know, does Islam, okay, does Islam support evolution or is it completely against the theory of evolution? Uh, Isa, please, let us know. Islam, alaikum. Can you hear me, bro? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, well, yeah, 100%. Um, the Quran, throughout its text, um, or throughout its verses, continuously reinforces mm -hmm. the concept of evolution. Um, and it's sad to hear Muslims who, who, knowing that in Spain, apparently was part of evolution, and learned about evolution, have to create al-Jahid 
who wrote clearly about evolution in the past. And we have other Muslim scholars and even certain Sufis that wrote about evolution. So for Muslims, it's quite insulting because the Quran can usually, um, you know, encourage you to use your intellect. You don't find any of this miraculous molding of clay and a man just walking up or any structure just getting up from clay. We only ever find a process of change in the natural forces, which we would say is produced by Allah. And that's how Allah creates, is via evolution. Do you understand? So, you know, it's, it's kind of weird that educated Muslims actually, you know, would deny something so clear in the Quran. Alright, thank you for that perspective. So I'd like to know as well, from a uh, biblical, Hebraic perspective, um, does the Bible support evolution or is it completely against the theory of evolution? So I'm going to open that up uh, to our brother Alvin on the panel. Uh, honestly, it, it doesn't deny or protest. I mean, there's nothing in the Bible that says things don't change over time, and there's nothing that says it doesn't. So when it comes to the Bible and evolution, it's somewhat ambiguous. That's why you do have uh, some Christians who debate other Christians about uh, evolution. Like you have uh, Kenneth Miller, who's a Catholic, but he actually debates against uh, creationists. So when it, when it comes to the, the, the Bible and evolution, um, it, it's you know what? It's almost like reading a book on philosophy trying to explain geometry. It's like if you're reading that book on philosophy, you're not going to find geometric equations in there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just a total different subject matter. So when it comes to evolution, it, the Bible is silent on the matter, I should say. It doesn't say either or. You know what, I don't think it is. I think, I mean, when you look at the Bible and, and, and maybe just some evolution, right, it tells you things start off void and formless and then eventually gets a form. And so it gives you a rudimentary uh, uh, understanding of how things are subject to change. Based off the forces in the Bible, it's saying Yahweh is that force or Elohim is that particular force. Because really the word Elohim can, can, can mean forces. So it's actually talking about the pressure that forces is being placed on things. That, that's just basic. That's a very, very, very basic, you know what I'm saying, understanding of it. But but you got to look at who the Hebrews are being influenced by. You know, they're not living in the damn vacuum. They just don't come up with their story out of thin air. And so they're looking at the cosmology stories is all around them. I mean, I don't know why people keep forgetting that. They're getting pressure from the northern regions. They're getting pressures from Africa. And the Asak and Kelly proved this through linguistics. So at the end of the day, man, it's just it's funny to me, man. And everybody has their beliefs. And I never found anything wrong with beliefs. I just felt it to be very, very weird that that people who have been enslaved by other people's beliefs would continue along believing that. That's my that's always been my point. Wow. You know what? Wow. Okay. So right now, it seems that the panel is filled of individuals that you know, accepts the theory of evolution and doesn't really want to protest it so much. Because um, I want to jump on creationism. I want to understand what is creationism 
um, in contrast to evolution. So I don't know if anybody on the panel here can give me an understanding of, of creation. Um, so I'm going to ask my YouTube audience, please type away. I know we've got the Hebrews uh, looking in, we've got the Muslims, even Kemetisms that have the idea of creation story, whether it is uh, Patar speaking things into existence, whether it's Hanum uh, molding on his uh, potter's clay, whether it's Ra creating things as well. So, you know, we've got a whole heap of people that have different beliefs, have different ideologies. I want to know about creationism from your own particular standpoint, okay? Please let me know from your own particular standpoint. Before we go into that, I need to bring back the King of New York. The King of New York needs to come up, step up, and tell us more about the August the second uh, debate or conference that's going on. Please let me know. Please let me know what you've got in store um, for our audience as well. Uh, basically, basically, you know, um, I'm going in with the basic uh, 101 of evolution. I'm going in with the basic uh, principle that I, I've been teaching this since the beginning. So I'm not out of my realm. I'm not out of my scope. And basically, I'm going to sit there and watch everybody with a half an hour presentation try to attempt to overturn modern science. They saw for the fact that they hate and disdain for a quote-unquote another race of people. And so you're going to hear in this debate, on a regular, you're going to basically hear people say, the white man's science, Darwinism, the white man's a devil, and this is why you should believe me. They're going to take your mind completely off of science because scientifically speaking, they cannot come in there, right, and deal with science. They're going to have pseudoscience. They're going to take legitimate scientific terms like um, uh, uh, horizontal gene transfer, and they're going to add their inkinisms in it. They're going to take uh, 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 black, what's it called, uh, black body matter, no, no, black, I forget the term, right, that, that, um, that, that the quote-unquote Muslim use. I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to call them the Muslim, okay, Ali, the Muslim uses. Black body radiation. He's going to take black body radiation and he's going to add, right? He's going to add his isms to it, right? But you can't do that in science. You're going to get Bashir, right? Who probably don't even understand the Quran for real. He's going to take that and he's going to fight against science. You can't do that. So at the end of the day, they, they, they're really fighting at a disadvantage. This is what I do. I've been, if you look at my message, it's been this way from day one. The Amaral squad from day one, we don't want to call with that. So I'm just, I'm sit back laughing. We're going to sit back with my popcorn, and I'm going to watch them try to attempt to overturn a hundred, li listen, modern science 150 years, right, has proposed evolution. Without even going back uh, amongst Al-Jahid, without going back, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in encyclopedias, and without going back into Africa, you got 150 years they got to try to overturn in half an hour presentation. It's going to be funny to me. I'm going to laugh. Matter of fact, if they don't get it right, they're going to end their own careers with this because we're going to know the difference between a cult, right, and people who are really trying to give their community science. We're going to find out. Okay, I can't wait for this, you know. Um, Asar, Asar, what are you going to store for us on August the 2nd uh, for that particular conference? Um, yeah, well, my my portion of the, the presentation, I'm going to be dealing with the African origins of science itself, evolution, 
and I'm going to attack the whole notion of intelligent design. And so uh, we're going to knock intelligent design out the box uh, and, and knock the foundation for any creationist who uh, uh, attempts to use this as a, uh, a viable explanation for how the universe you know, came into being and uh, the subsequent biological evolution as discussed uh, as it regards the, the, the Earth as we know it. Okay, okay, that seems that's going to be real interesting to know. You know, the same hotel's work comes proper, comes thorough, and uh, I'm going to be looking forward to that, definitely. But you know who else I'm going to be looking forward to? I'm going to be looking forward to my brother from another mother. You know who it is, Divine Prospect. I can't wait to see this brother. I don't even know. <laughs> I can't wait to see what he has to say on the subject and how he handles uh, the rebuttals. As I know, I know my brother, Anka Keck, is going to be waiting for this particular young brother right here. So what do you think about this young brother, Divine Prospect? I think he got it too easy. He got... He, he got uh, uh, he just got let in. He hasn't been through the fire. Uh, he's an intelligent speaker. He uses what I call the soft style, right? He won't disrespect you. He won't talk out of line. He won't do none of that. But at the end of the day, he's a tiger in his heart, right? He uses the soft style to lure you to sleep. You know what I'm saying? I'm up on that game, bruh. I'm up on that game. But you're out of your league because you're a Hebrew. You can't ride the fence in here. See, he's a fence rider. You can't ride the fence. It's either science, right? Right? Or your Bible. He can't ride that fence. Or you have a choice. You can use science, right? And use African culture to balance it out. Because you can have science and murder a million people like they did with the with, with the atomic bomb, right? In Japan. Okay? Or you can use science to heal, to protect to clothe people, to feed people, to shelter people. So it's based off your culture what you choose to do with science. Cool. Okay. So let's see. We've got another brother here who's coming from the Hebraic faith. So I want to know, Alvin, what have you got to say on this? Yeah, uh, I, I, I disagree with Brother Unk in terms of this either or it's either science or your religion. Um, that's like, you know, when it comes to science, just don't bring up religion when talking about science. But that doesn't mean you have to throw away religion because science is an interpretation of facts. So science is an interpretation of facts and uh, things that are testable. Religion are interpretations of morals, morality, how, you know, opinions on how you should live. So your opinion on a moral values and how you want to live as a human being are completely separate from science. So I agree. It's, it's not a either or situation, you know. I, no, I was talking about the divine. The divine is the divine gonna act like he's not a Hebrew. You can't do it. You 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 can't do it. You a Hebrew, be a Hebrew, man. Stand on the Bible, Alvin. But here's 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 something <laughs> else that we gotta consider. Here's the thing that we have to consider, um, and this is why definitions are, are, are very critical and key to this discussion. The, the issue here fundamentally is 
how did uh, things come to be? That's one, you know, aspect of the dialogue. And then what is driving the forces of change? And so what the scientists uh, will say that these mechanisms that we mentioned earlier, uh, gene transfer, not gene transfer, uh, gene flow, uh, non-random sexual selection, you know, mutation, genetic drift, things of that nature, uh, are, are the mechanisms of, of biological change. And what the religious folks will say is that it was God. And <laughs> for, for that to be a, and, and so that's one aspect of it. And then what they'll try to do is try to try to put God into the scientific conversation, not understanding what science is. And so that's why part of my discussion will be we will be displaying or articulating exactly what science is. And so science isn't just an, an interpretation, you know, of reality. Science is a methodology. It is a process of understanding reality with uh, self-imposed mechanisms that help us to eliminate error in our analysis. And so that's the key difference here between the religion and the science. With religion, you are instructed to believe, whereas in science, you are encouraged to discover. And in that process of discovery, we understand that our human nature, our human beingness, uh, distorts how we view the world. And so in, in order not to have a distorted or to reduce the distortion uh, in terms of our understanding of reality, I'm getting feedback from someone. <laughs> in order to reduce the, uh, the distortion of our understanding of reality, we have to have mechanisms in place to reduce error and eliminate you know, uh, low probabilities and things of this nature. And so that's where, where science comes in. You know, it's, a, uh, it's a, an error-eliminating, you know, process, you know, in trying to understand reality. And so this is another fundamental difference. And so when you try to bring in the, the, the concept of God or an intelligent designer uh, in a scientific conversation, that mechanism that you're arguing is the driver of change has to be subject to scientific scrutiny. And this is where the creationists, the intelligent designers, always fail. Because you cannot put that mechanism, you know, under scientific scrutiny. And then not only that, they're arguing that it's not just any God, it's Allah or it's Yahweh. You know, um, some will even try to put Jesus in the mix. I don't even know how they do that, but they'll do it. And so uh, these these are the things that we have to understand in, in you know in, in properly framing this conversation. Okay. Um, are you suggesting? Uh, before, outside, yeah. before my brother EC, you go into that. I just want to get this clarified because we've had so much from the evolutionists. I want to understand exactly what is creationism. I want to understand what is creationism so that I can have, so you know, as an audience, we can have the two polarities in our head. We know evolution is this. Now what is creation? What is creationism? 
the YouTube audience has been very vocal in saying what creationism is. So I want to know from the panel itself whether you agree with creationism or not. What is creationism in your own uh, perspective? Well, I would like to expound. Um, creationism, creationism is really about the divine uh, created, the divine aspect of creation, as opposed to the natural selection of creation. And that's really to sum it up. That's where the argument starts, and that's where the basis of creation, creationism is founded in this divine aspect that uh, begets creation. Okay. I, I would I would also add that you know when we talk about creationism, you also have the creationist, and the, the creationist basically is you know someone who who basically rejects natural scientific explanations uh, of the known universe in favor of it, like a special creator. You know, and so there's this mechanism that there is a designer, you know, in the universe who designed everything. And so again, when we're talking about a creationist, a creationist doesn't believe that there was a a, a single cell organism that evolved into all of the diversity that we see, you know, in terms of life as we know it. They believe that some creator created everything that we see as is. And so that's what you know, when scientists are debating the creationists, that's fundamentally what we're dealing with. Okay. So, has anybody else on the panel got anything else to say? Uh, I know my brother Basim has something to say. So, real quickly, Basim. I appreciate it, Carlo. And I'll just uh, pick up right after where Kansu left off. By definition, creationism is the belief that the universe and life originate from specific acts of divine creation. I understand uh, why they uh, teach, and uh, that's their personal belief with evolution. Uh, me, personally, I lean towards creation, creationism. And I'd just like to add that there is scientific evidence outside of religious beliefs, such as cosmology, thermodynamics, paleontology, biology, and geology. And when you add in or factor in the mathematical probabilities to that scenario, this is why I support creationism and there's also a uh, the creation model broken down into seven parts obviously we don't have enough time to touch on all that it would be my argument and, and why I support it and then if we wanted to touch on the second law of the thermodynamics and the sudden appearance of complex fossilized life in the fossil record these are things to why I support creationism uh, outside of religious beliefs Thank you, Colin. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm loving these varied uh, opinions upon the subject. So Issa, you you, you know you want to speak? So go ahead. Yes, brother. Um, I was just going to say what it seems is a lot of those who are speaking, specifically about Abrahamic faiths, but when they mention religion, they seem to either go off at just an anthropomorphic concept of God or Allah, or they just seem not to be educated in the subject they're speaking of because when you're talking about creationism you're talking about the fact that there is some sort of intelligence behind it whether it's divine or not do you get me so as soon as you get that you're saying that this isn't something that's clumsy this is something that when human beings are looking about what human beings who have intelligence produce we find in nature a pattern where there is order where there is patterns, where there are systems and these things that work together. So 
the human logic dictates that there must be an intelligence intrinsic to what's going on with evolution. So a lot of the times I find these lot will, you know, they will argue, let's say, the Christian perspective and then just smear the Christian perspective over to, or create the, the straw man of the Christian perspective onto Islam without even studying what Islam or the Quran has to say. But creationism basically is pointing at that there's a being or something or a consciousness and intelligence that you can find within what you're observe, observing in creation. So when they say, well, I think uh, Al-Sar said that you would have to put Allah and the, the divine God or whatever under scientific scrutiny, that's problematic because a lot of the things that scientists come to the conclusion of is because of this experiment and the finding of that experiment along with the findings of other experiments and they're, they're putting one and one and equal two. So we're putting all of these things together and we're concluding that there is an intelligence behind or intrinsic to what we're observing. So it's not that you can't put a lot of the things under the scientific scrutiny, but you're applying your mind, your logic, your reason, your rationality and coming to a conclusion. So ultimately, that's going to be the debate. We're going to be saying, when we gather all this evidence together, what does it show if you're sincere to the truth? If you're using logic, reason, and rationality all the time, what's the conclusion? And this is where they're going to fall hard. Mm -hmm. Can I ask Eason a question? Hold on a second. <laughs> one, one second. So, <clears throat> if I'm hearing this real correctly, okay, the difference between, so far, I'm seeming to understand, between evolution and creation is that one is devoid of a creator, is devoid of an intelligent um, designer, okay? So evolution has no intelligence or intelligent design behind it or no creation, creator behind it, whereas creationism has an intelligent design, has a creator. Am I wrong in saying that, or am I partially right in saying that? Please let me know. Partially right. You can say what we observe as you is that the intelligence is intrinsic. So we're using our logic. Like if we can't perceive what's really ultimately behind everything, we can only go with what the human mind can conclude about, which is what we observe. And we're saying, well, what we observe is, is intrinsic. So when a baby's forming in the womb, this is a, you know, a smaller process of evolution. We're just observing that process which was there before we were born, and that's how we got here. And we're finding that throughout the whole blooming universe. So we're saying that is the sign of intelligence, because it has order, it has pattern, it has every sign to let you know that there is intelligence intrinsic. Can I, can, no. I ask, uh, can I ask him a question? So you can ask a question, but let me just quickly uh, do a quick plug. Uh, real quickly, if you haven't subscribed already, uh, what are you doing? You're here on your Talk with the Titans, Titans TV. Hit the subscribe button to hear much more of these wonderful discourses, these wonderful discussions. Last week, uh, we had a full, a jam-packed field panel discussing uh, the Umar Johnson uh, situation. Uh, we've even had uh, messages coming in from uh, Ms. Kim Ringhold. Uh, giving us some information on the situation as well. So if you're here, um, subscribe. Go into the Talk with the Titans, <clears throat> uh, Talk with the Titans uh, playlist. 
and you can go back to see all of our past shows. Uh, we've got Dr. Ali Mohammed on there, um, we've got Shaka Ahmos on there, Gorilla Hebrew on there, Asar Aimhotep on there, Anka Kek on there, Jonathan Owens on there. We've got your favorite teachers, scholars, lecturers on uh, within inside of the culture community here on Talk with the Titans. So if you want to watch them, hit the subscribe button and check out the playlist. If you haven't also checked out uh, the phenomenal, uh, this is a short, this is like a Titans 10, uh, Titans on the 10 minutes. Uh, we've got our brother Nabil Abdul Rashid, who is from the UK, going in on white privileges. White privileges, he's touching on the Charleston shooting, he's also touching on Rachel Dozel. Um, you know, there was a burqa, there was a man, a white man in a burqa that left a device, I'm pretty sure it was a bomb, inside of the Watford uh, market. And, um, you know, he was apprehended. We don't hear anything about it on the news. Um, you know, he touches on so much different things. Nabil Abdul Rashid, he's a comedian activist and a phenomenal uh, social critique in the UK. Check out that brother. Um, so, yeah, so my brother Asayam Hotep, please ask your question away. All right, this is specifically for Brother Isa. And this is uh, three questions. And they only require a yes or no binary answer. And so we don't have to get into side conversation. It's just yes or no. And so the first question, do you believe in God? That's to uh, Brother E. Um, depends on your definition of God. It's a yes or no question. You know and wonder what context I mean by God. I know, but I'm saying... Depending okay. on your definition, it's let's yes make, or no. Let's make, it, let's make it quickly, and let's say yeah. all your answers are very provisional based upon uh, definitions, okay? So let's make it real quick. Yeah. Answer the question. No, um, as I said before, the, the def what you lot talk oh about, what you bring anthropomorphic concepts. So how, 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 definition. I will say this. Your definition, Issa, based off your definition. Yes, based off of your definition of God, do you believe in God? We can't hear you. Based upon my definition of Allah, yes, yes I do. Okay, so Not second believe, question but I know. is: Do you call do you do you call that uh, that entity Allah? Yes, I do. Not okay. entity, but what you the concept question. I call Allah, yes. Okay. And so you and the last question is, do you argue that it is intelligent? Um I argue that yes, the concept has intrinsic to intelligence, yes. And so you believe in God and his name is Allah and you argue that it's intelligent, correct? According to my definition that I've explained, yes. Okay, and so um, there's not much to that. I just want to make sure that when I dismantle that argument, that I also include the Islam, <laughs> besides the regular uh, Islam as well. So that's all. I, that's all I wanted to know. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. You know what? 
I love the viewing audience don't have a clue what's going on right here. But behind this scene, um, you know, the Armin Ross squad and other members, as well as our, you know, British base, ESA, they've got a, a long, you know, history with each other and they have their own little, you know, nuances, personal names that they call each other. So if you don't know, that's what's really going on. It's like a private joke. So, can I um, ask something? Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Real quickly. I, I want to say, when you talk about creationism, there's, there's several types of creationism. So now we got to start asking you guys which one. You have young earth creationism. I mean, creation creationism. You got uh, creation science. You got old earth creationism. Um, creationism. You got gap creationism. You got uh, day, day age creationism. You got progressive creationism. You got neo creationism. And you have intelligent design. And then you got your religion, Christianity, Islam, Hindu, Judaism, uh, and so forth. And so at the end of the day, I just want to know which one, you know what I'm saying, I think Asar says is the best. Like when it all boils down to God himself or the intelligent design himself, you have to come down and pick which one was right. Science doesn't suppose anything is right. Science uh, uh, presupposes that we can look at the natural world. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, judge from that. Brother, let me just get uh, four Kalan. questions. Brother Kalan. Kalan, Brother yes. Council, I just want to expound. Before you go in, we've got our brother who's been waiting for a very long time now, and that's Brother Alvin. Uh, so, Brother Alvin, yeah. are you still waiting? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, uh, when, when I notice when people talk about ID, it's usually a collection of straw men that is attacked. Um, there's this idea that ID proponents are secretly trying to hide the fact that some of them believe in God just in order for them to use this as some kind of Trojan horse to get it in the school. And that's just false considering if the ID proponents who believe in God, who are Christian or Muslim, do not hide the fact that they believe in God. The reason why they never say God is the designer in the field of science is because God or the designer is not observable. So as a scientist, you cannot make the claim that the designer is God because it's not observable. Not because you're trying to secretly hide the fact that you're a Christian or you're just trying to use this as a Trojan horse to get into the schools. It's just the claim itself would be unscientific if you said God is the designer. And also, when it comes to DNA or the creation of the universe, who's to say that what created DNA is also the same thing that made the universe? Or that is just one singular creator of DNA and one singular creator of the universe? It could be multiple uh, in each way. So when we talk about intelligent design, it focuses on one thing, the object. If the object is DNA, we're going to talk about why all the reasons DNA is probably made by some form of intelligence rather than just wind and erosion, you know, or the universe too. So it's about what's observed. So it's called intelligent design, not intelligent designer. You're only focusing on what can be observed. If I'm an archaeologist, 
and I'm looking at some tools or a flint rock or whatever, I'm not I'm looking at it to determine mm -hmm. hey, was this made because it was carved up or was this made because a human made it? That's intelligent design. Whether the the creator of it is a human or a god or a deity or an angel is irrelevant to the claim that's made. Okay. Um, that's 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 incorrect. Um, the the concept of intelligent design was used uh, primarily because in the United States, I forgot it was like in the uh, early nineties uh, that a court case came about and struck down that creationism was uh, trying to promote religion. And so they already had documents and books already with creation with creationism in it. Um, and after uh, the, the court case uh, came about, they took all the words of creationism and then they put intelligent design in this place. This was even brought out in the famous 2005 Dover case where they showed the old documents in the, um, uh, the, the textbooks that they were trying to create uh, promoting creationism and how they took the word creationism and put the word intelligent design in its place. And so you can only do that if you're equating the two. And you can't have design without implying that there was a designer. The design is the, the, uh, the byproduct of a designer. And so they're trying to use uh, some faulty semantics at that um, to try to push this agenda for uh, their religious motifs and, and to use what we call, what they call, the wedge strategy. And again, this was brought out in the Dover case, where the wedge strategy is if we could just get a little bit in, just like a wedge, you know, like a, uh, if you ever seen a wedge, um, kind of like hammer or axe, how it has a little point that you know kind of opens it up and so they're, they're trying to do is try to make uh, creationism sound scientific uh, to to be put into the discussion so they can introduce all of these other mechanisms uh, in 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 the, in the context and this is this is very well known in um, the for people who actually uh, study or are involved in this so-called controversy okay so so, real quickly, I would like to know as well. I would like to know. Because I'm looking throughout the African continent. Throughout the African continent, um, there is hardly, I'm not going to say that there is no, um, you know, culture that doesn't believe that there is no God. So there is definitely cultures that definitely believe that there is no God. But in terms of um, African culture, you can go through them, and the vast majority of them, uh, you know, say that there is definitely a creator being, an uh, omnipotent, an intelligent being, a designer, a creator that made the things possible within their circumference, inside of their universe. So I'd like to know, are they incorrect? And is that just mythology and science doesn't back their, um, you know, their worldview? Is that, is that what we're saying right now? that evolution is the way forward and those African cultures that hold on to a deity, a god that created things, that is a backwards way of thinking. I know a lot of people are thinking this at the moment, you know, they're thinking right now you're basically degrading my god, you're degrading my religion, whether I'm Muslim, whether I'm Hebrew, whether I'm from the African 
culture, you're saying that there is no God, it's just simply evolution. Is that what we're saying, that there is no designer, no creator that made things possible? Well, you I have think... to understand, or you, did you say me or Unk? I apologize. I'll go, go brother Unk. Uh, I, I'm thinking that uh, African culture, I think we all need to really take a, a, a deep and insightful look into African culture. Uh, they have a lot of beliefs. Uh, they have a lot of understanding. They have a lot of a knowledge that you have to go in depth with. Um, I think, as in all humans, uh, it's natural to believe. Uh, sci science attempts to uh, know more than it believes. It, it, it's, 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 it's more natural to just believe something so that the mind doesn't miss anything. And I always give the example of if you're in the Sahara, Right at about two hundred thousand years back, and and the tall grass is moving. Okay, your belief, right, that something's in the tall grass, grass, right, might save you because the tall grass moves, right, the wind moves, and, and, and you run, and you come back again, and it moves again, and you run, right, and it moves again, and you recognize that it's nothing in the tall grass. It's basically the wind. Right? But another time might come when the tall grass moves, and it might be a predator in the, in the tall grass. Right? But the way the grass moves when a predator is in it is different from when the grass moves when the wind is blowing. And so you learn to determine the difference. But if you never had that determining factor, your ass would get ate up. So believing, right, allows you to not miss anything. Right? Science, what science does, it wants to give a natural explanation, right? It wants to give an explanation from nat for natural phenomenon, and it clearly has its place, right? So I'm not trying to destroy anybody's beliefs, but at the end of the day, you can't build a civilization, build structures off of belief. It's things you have to know when you start building things. The pyramid builders had to know things. They couldn't just build a thing off belief. And so first you must believe, right? And you, like they say, you have faith to walk towards that which you believe. But once you get towards what you believe, right, you no longer have to believe, you no longer have the faith, right, then you'll know. You'll know whether that thing is correct. So now you know whether there's a predator in the grass or not. You feel me? Now you know whether it's just the wind. And so science explains, well, this was the wind based off of this variable and that variable. So, you know, I don't have a problem with anybody beliefs, but I'm going to say it again, right, if your beliefs were used, and the enslavement of African people, right? We have no moral. Uh, 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 we need to have no moral connection to that. Plain and simple. Can, can I ask a question, it's Brother Patar? Go ahead. Yeah, my question to the panel is: um, Is evolution or creation are they both theories? That's my question. My first question. No, um, and and I'll say no because uh, when we're talking about theory in the context of science, theory is what develops. It is what is an explanatory model to explain what we have observed through experimentation. The the concept of uh, the uh, creationism is not based on any experimentation. 
And so they cannot have a scientific theory because they've done no experimentation whatsoever to, to demonstrate it and prove their hypotheses. Science is about hypothesis testing. And so they have a hypothesis but haven't, uh, haven't tested these uh, so-called hypotheses. And so this is why when you ask them about actual scientific peer-reviewed literature on creationism, it doesn't exist. You know, it's a belief system. And what they try to use is the, the real peer-reviewed stuff to try to explain their, um, their, their hypothesis instead of doing actual experiments that, that would um, bring clarity to the issue. And so a theory is not some just, you know, philosophy that some guy on a street corner uh, comes up with, ciphering, you know, with his boys or uh, whatnot at the barbershop. That's not how scientific theory uh, comes about. Scientific theory is, a, is, is the uh, conclusion of a quantitative analysis, research analysis, research method, which tests hypotheses that have been retested um, that has also introduced various different variables to in de various different conditions to refine the experiments and to strengthen the hypotheses. If the, if the, uh, the, the theory finds strength, um, it is kept. But if the, if the uh, experiments disqualify um, or debunk the theory, it is abandoned. And this is the difference, you know, fundamentally between the creationists and the scientists. They're not willing to abandon that which has already been proven to be wrong. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. Is, are either one of them or are both of them belief systems? And that's, that's one question. And then lastly, what is the definition of a theory? <laughs> Again, a theory is a explanatory model to explain uh, the conclusions or, or the facts that have arisen as a result of experimentation. That's what a theory is. Just it's just an explain an explanation, you know. And so when you have a, a theory of gravity, people understand that gravity is a theory. You know, you don't say that uh, oh, gravity is just a theory. You know, you know for a fact, but it's not just that, you know, we have this so-called force holding us down. We've done experiments. We've had mathematical equations and things of this nature that have, over the years, proven the existence, you know, of, of gravity. It's the same thing with evolution. It does not exist within the religious paradigm. Religious paradigm is the total opposite. You know, they don't require you to do experimentation to, to prove these things. You just have to believe that what the guru or what the revelation says is true. And so it's the exact opposite. It's, it's a, it's, these things come about by so-called revelation, and you are to believe what the person who wrote this stuff down versus you being actually able to do the experiments and verify or falsify the data yourself. And so they're so, not so built on the same thing. They're not built on um, science. not built oh. on belief. Where religion is. So, Asar, are you saying that a theory is fact, or a theory explains? No, facts? a theory explains facts. Attempts to explain okay, facts. Okay, I got to respond to a couple okay. of things. Okay, I, I got to respond to a couple of things. Okay, first off, every single time I hear arguments against ID, they make this fallacious argument, like, well, if something is designed, 
that implies a designer. So therefore, you're secretly trying to hide God. But when we when we put before rovers you go, on, can you can you define design? Before you go, can you no, can you no, define I, I, design? I, I, something made. Listen, something made by some form of intelligence. Okay. Now let me explain how this is a fallacious argument in reasoning in regards to intelligent design. Of course, it's implying there is a designer. Nobody's trying to hide the fact that there's a designer. Something is designed. But here's the fallacy in it. When we put those little rent land rovers on Mars. Okay. Seems like he's caught. Can you hear me? Can you hear yeah. me? We can hear you now. Okay. So we put land rovers on Mars to look for signs of life. So if that land rover find, finds a tent, a building, a spaceship, that is going to imply something made those things because those things don't form naturally. But you're not going to make the argument that can't be because that implies a designer and we can't find who the designer is. No, you're going to look at that spaceship and said something made it. The idea that that spaceship was designed, implying a designer, does not negate the fact that it was designed. It's just you don't know what, what made it. And that's the fallacy argument that's always used against ID. It's not about who the designer is or where did it come from. It's about the observable object. So if I see a spaceship on planet Mars, regardless if I can see what made it or where it was, I'm still going to say that spaceship was designed, regardless of what I know or who made it. Now that would be your your so-called uh, logical fallacy is in itself a logical fallacy. Um, <laughs> the issue is here that as why I asked you in terms of a design, um, I, we stated earlier that it's an issue of they're trying to imply that what is what we see is the result of a designer. That's what intelligent design is about to prove the for the fact that what we see has been designed by a designer. They, they try to leave out whether it's Yahweh, Allah, Buddha, whatever, you know, so it doesn't have the, the religious um, um, baggage with those particular names. But in the final analysis, it's always about can we prove a designer designed these things? And secondly, there is no proof whatsoever that we can uh, argue that what we see "Quote unquote," even naturally has been designed, and so this has been a part of the uh, the whole debate as well, and in the whole irreducible complexity stuff, which has been debunked on so many levels, it's it's ridiculous. It is only the layman who don't understand science, who don't understand evolution, who be making these um, these nefarious arguments that have no basis in science. There's nothing in the in the universe that you can argue uh, shows design. Uh, whatsoever, and so this this whole concept of irreducible complexity and things of this nature, um, uh, uh, even in the Dover case, you know, was put to rest um, by by the things um, uh, as, as far as uh, science is concerned and the scientists. And so uh, we're we, we're trying to play on the layman's ignorance um, of the of the particular arguments itself. And and you know we can't we, we can't move forward you know uh, with with these false uh, allegations in terms of 
um, what what the scientists are doing, and then to try to m make up arguments, you know, on the on the creationist side on, on what it actually is when they're telling us what it is, and and there's no escape around it. There's no escape around these definitions. Okay, two things. First off, looking at these objects on Mars, when you find it, once again, even though you don't know what made it, you're not going to say it was made naturally just because you can't decide what made it. When you see, look, see something that has information, information usually comes from one place, usually comes from a brain or an intelligence. So if I see something like a spaceship on Mars, you're naturally going to be like, more than likely something made it. And that has nothing to do with whether God made the spaceship or angel made the spaceship or uh, multiple people made it. You're looking at the ID is science because it's about what is there in front of you that you can observe. It is what not, made you it. Cannot, you cannot show me oh. one experiment. You cannot show me one experiment. I didn't interrupt you. What I'm telling you is, when you look at intelligent design, they are looking at DNA. Matter of fact, you want to talk about experiments, you could talk about the problems of chilarity. There was a chemist talking about the Miller-Urey experiment. And, he's, and he said, you're during your uh, Miller-Urey experiment, they didn't have chilarity, where you get nucleotides on both sides. And you can test this. DNA without a, a, a repair mechanism is not stable. Okay, so how can I'm gonna say this? Like, okay, I'm gonna wrap it up. And then I'm, I'm gonna be quiet. The point is this: is what I'm saying. I didn't get to talk about the Dover trial, but when, even when you talk about the Dover trial, what's presented to the judge? First of all, you have a judge who's not a scientist determining what's scientific and what's not. That's problematic okay. from jump to the beginning. You got, you, you got a judge who's not even a scientist. Did you, did right. you even pay I, I mean, attention to the... Because you had the, you had the, um, the actual plaintiff, I mean, the actual defendants, you know, who, who admitted that it wasn't science. This is what ultimately killed their case. Because when it, when it came down to science, they, everyone agreed what was science. And then you had the intelligent designers come with something that isn't science. So if you agree that this was science, and then you tried to come with this mechanism, how can you argue that intelligent design is not science? No one, everyone agrees that intelligent design, creationism, is not science at all. There's Again, there's no peer-reviewed journals. Um, there's no peer-reviewed papers. There's nothing. There's no experimentations. Nothing for intelligent design. That's why I ask you, can you show me in nature, not a hypothetical spaceship on Mars, can you show me in nature something that you argue was created and designed that was not the result of evolutionary processes? Within itself is fallacious considering ideas not necessarily opposed to evolution. It's really opposed to abiogenesis. It's, it's an, it's a, um, it's a, um, <laughs> to a, a, a biogenesis and that's a lie about there not being peer-reviewed literature on ID. There's no peer-reviewed articles on creationism. There are, are factually peer-reviewed articles on ID. That's a fact. Oh my God. So, man, how can, no, it's not. You know what? 
I'm going to post them in the cell. No, no. All you're going to post, right, is the Creation Institute. They even have a goddamn museum, brother. You know what I'm saying? No. I am I, telling you, there is no, no. listen, what I'm, I'm going to ask you again, without cutting me off, can you please supply me with the testable data? Please supply me with the testable information on what you're talking about. Not an article. I want the testable data. Okay? Because what you think is intelligent Right? If you in an indigenous culture, you would think you would think Americans are dumb as hell for building a car that would run and kill people over. But if you're in America, you would think those indigenous people are dumb for not having a car and continue to walk. And so intelligence is based off of where you at. And what your definition of intelligence is. And so our intelligent designer presupposes that there's a starting point to be designed. There is no provable you know, starting point to even design uh, anything. Can I, make a point? can I make a statement? I, I'm going to make a statement here. That, and, and I saw an mm -hmm. on, on, I, I, you know, this, this, what's going on here is the argument of complexity. And I do not want to intervene in what Asar is going to present because I know is going to shut down this argument because we're talking about irreducible complexity, especially when they try to substantiate the complexity of how certain organs were developed within the human body, and they were so complex that there was nothing, there's no option but a complex designer. That's answered, and that's been substantiated in a so-called claim called um, irreducible complexity which is, is very circular and redundant. When we talk about certain religious sects due to sectarianism, when we go to al-Islam, we also go into what is called alchemy that was coined in al-Islam that deals in the term intrinsic. Well, science has an answer for that. When you say intrinsic and you're going into al-Islam and you start dealing about talking about the intrinsic factor of the creator, you're talking about quantumization. That is answered in physics and the mechanics of quantumization. So we're only dealing with semantics here, and science has already observed that archaically through Africa. The, the example of the blades of grass was excellent because it explains the complexity and it explains the intrinsic factors that are found. Different sects like the Bedouin, who dealt in Hermeticism, who dealt in Gnosticism, that was found in Africa, used different types of allegory to speak metaphysically on this intrinsicness. However, science has already accounted for that in its observation of intrinsic nature and quantized it. So that's simple. That's not even going to be an issue to mm -hmm. <laughs> Wow. So, hang on. Listen, if you're loving the information that you're hearing so far coming from our brothers, um, going back and forth, we need to get some sisters in the building, though. If you're loving the information, please give us a big thumbs up. Let us know that you're loving the information. Um, also, here's up for the comments down below. I want to know what your thoughts are. We're literally coming to the end of the live show, uh, but it seems like we've got a lot of requests for an after show where people can actually call in and uh, you know have their own say as well. So we're going to have that a little bit later on. I'll try to leave the link down below for you to join in with that. But what you know, I've got a question here that I want to know. 
All right. And I want to know it from a creationist standpoint, and I want to know it from an evolution standpoint, or whatever standpoint you're coming from. Where did we, as human beings, originate from? I don't want to hear the answer that we came from our mother's tummy, or we, you know, or from our dad's sack. I don't want to hear that. I want to know we, as human beings, what was our point of origin, or do we even have a point of origin? So please let me know in the comments down below what was the human being's point of origin. And know right now we're going to get real scientific and the scientific brothers amongst us is going to say, brother, what do you mean by human being? Do you mean the homo sapien or do you mean the homo sapien sapien? Or are you talking about the homo erectus or the homo genius or the homo blah, blah, blah. I want to know we as human beings, the species that we call homo sapien sapiens, where how did we originate, or where did we originate, or what was our point of origination? Please hit me up and let me know. So I'm going to open up to the panel. How did human beings originate? And who wants to go first with that? I'll go first. Go our point of origin is Africa. I want to know As what the hell is this right here from uh, Alvin? Alvin, what is this you put in here? I don't know what you cut me off on. That's your peer-reviewed article. On what? On what, Alvin? Tell it's your peer-reviewed articles. On what, Alvin? On in intelligent design. On intelligent bullshit. We know that's bullcrap. Wait a minute, Alvin. This hey. What? Where does it say intelligent design in this article, bro? Where? Let Consu finish. Let Consu finish. Okay, let's let's get it in first. Let's let Consu go in, and afterwards we're gonna jump back onto those peer-reviewed articles. So go ahead, Consu. It was brother no, Patel. Yeah, peace to the gods. But I would just say that Hello? as of as to date, the uh, science points to man's beginnings in Africa, and that's the best that I can give you. Okay, and let's move on. Hey, Kalam. Hey, Kalam. It goes. He's trying to get in. How can he get in? I, I sent him the link. He said it was full. Um, I think we are completely full at the moment, unless unless one of the brothers on the panel will want to give up their spots. For our BYK, he said he wanted to give up his spot early. Remember he said that? Yeah. Uh, and go, hey, he goes, you got to push him. Well, nah, I'll, come up. I'll come up. All right, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, you got to keep trying to get hey, I can I can call Ngozi and put him on the line. Okay, so somebody needs to... Tell goes to come on real quickly because the line usually gets filled up real fast. All right, so our brother Ngozi from Team Osiris from Amon Ra Squad wants to have his say. Wow, okay. Um, so who was next? Who was next to give us our point of origin? Did you mean um, as in landmass or did you mean the type of I'm, being? I'm talking about as, you know, however you want to perceive it, but how did we come into origin? How did we originate as human beings? So from the Quranic perspective, um, all living things come from water. So that would uh, coincide, and it says we come from a single soul, so to speak, which would, which some have indicated, refers to the single cell. Are you speaking to, could you speak into your mind, because your audios are very low. Okay. Um, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, so the Quran says that it, we got every living thing from water, and it says that um, we began 
from a single soul. So some would point that to be the single cells, single celled organism type creature. And from there we developed. So the last thing that we know about through science, I think is the Homo sapien. We're the Homo sapien sapien. So I would say he could be, you know. Put your mic close to your mouth again, please, my mother. You're chopping out. Yes. Sorry. I would say that the Homo sapien is the one right before you get to us, which is the Homo sapien sapien. But ultimately, we come from a single-celled organism. Where the Quran says we got every living thing from water. Okay. Okay. So that's from a Quranic perspective. Um, the Quranic perspective says that as human beings, we originated, or even beings in general, originated from the water, from the single soul, which can be equated to the single cell amoeba. Wow. Um, that's very interesting to know that the Quran, um, or sh what should I say, Quran supports uh, modern science, or modern science supports the Quran? Brother that's the question. So we've got our brother Ngozi, we've got our brother Ngozi finally here. Um, you know, the young genius. Go ahead, my brother. Is that you, you my brother? Go ahead. Yeah. Put, put, you know what? Put your visuals on. Put your visuals on. I'm sure our audience want to see you, Ngozi. They haven't seen you for ages. Peace and love. Could you see me? Could you hear me? We can hear you. Yeah, we can see you. Go ahead. Okay. Peace and love. I want to ask a question. Do we really know what a soul is? Could you explain a soul? Or is there a, a scientific explanation for the soul? That's the question that I want to ask. Could we really, do we really know what a soul is? Because when it comes to the term soul, that's philosophical. And it goes back to the Greeks. You have to be able to prove and show and prove. When you talk about the amoeba, when you talk about prokaryotics or archaic or eukaryotics or bacteria that form itself from com complex to, I mean, from single to complex. You have to explain and show and prove that it had a soul. Where is the soul? Seriously. I mean, once you lose ATP, it's ain't triphosphate, or you deal with thermal energy, which is heating the body, which is responsible for circulation, where is the soul as an organism? And to, de to totally destroy intelligent design for some people. I'm not saying that there is not a proto-intelligence, because there is. But intelligence, again, is based off the ability too. It has a functioning behavior. But to, in to destroy it, in an Abrahamic sense, when they try to put intelligent design in an Abrahamic, um, um, Abrahamic faith, to destroy that, you can talk about things in the universe that's chaotic that doesn't have order, in a sense of things in the universe that doesn't even have a proper structure. People born with extra limbs, people born with visigal organs, universes collapsing, um, babies being born with three, three legs and three arms. Where is the intelligence in that? A person born blind, some people born with no eyesight at all. Where is the intelligence in that? Now we have to talk about organisms that's not even completely formed or, or underdeveloped. Where's the intelligence in that? So, I mean, when we say intelligent design, you're really talking about blind atoms because the structure of these organisms that's being formed in an unhealthy manner are underdeveloped. They're not, they're not designed like, they, like a, a proper structure should be in a healthy sense. So intelligent design, and you really can't even mix because I have my own personal beliefs as well. I don't want people thinking that, you know, I'm just a, a stone-cold Steve atheist because, I mean, I have my, my pantheist. But what I'm saying is, is that you can't really put your theology and match it up with science. There's a time and place for it. Science does not agree with any formula in, 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 in the Quran and the Bible. Now, don't get it twisted. 
Muslims did have science. Some of your best scholars and some of your best scholars of antiquity were Muslims, and they were scientists, especially during the time when you know, and and Baghdad, Al Jahiz, you know, they talk about evolution. You know what I'm saying? Quran. But to make it seem like the Quran knew everything, they didn't. Things are still being discovered. Modern science don't even know everything. But did the Quran have a hint of certain things? Yes, they did. So did the Egyptians. So did other people, the Greeks. So did Persians. And every other specimen of humanity that had a hand in, in our development is, is, is homo sapiens sapiens. It's, it's not no one ends or, or little ends when it comes to sapiens. Everybody played a role in the human development and technology. Everybody. Science don't belong to one group of people. You know, that's just that's just my model. That's just what I'm saying. All right. Listen, <laughs> the young genius strikes again. Um, so, you know, our brothers have said, have said a lot so far. Where, you know, where is the soul in science? Does the soul even exist in science once the heat leaves the body, etc.? So, you know, that's a question we have to put out there. Like, are we, are we mixing terminology? Are we mixing um, scientific terms with uh, metaphysical or even philosophical terms? That's a very good point my brother has actually interjected. Before my brother Issa goes in, I'm going to shift it back over to the Adam Ross squad members and uh, assign Hotep. Go ahead. Y'all left that point. I wanted to, to define the soul. I'm, uh, in October of this year, I'm going to be releasing a book called Nesubiti, uh, Ancient Egyptian Kingship and, um, and Leadership. Uh, and one of the things I discovered is that people have the concept of the soul all wrong. The soul is very simple and it's not even a physical object. All the soul is is your name. That's it. And we can demonstrate this historically. And when we talk <laughs> about trans when they talk about transmigration of the soul, all you're talking about <laughs> is naming your children after a dead ancestor. That's it. That's right. And so, you know, this is... Go ahead. Brother Saar, I thank you for that. This is Brother Ngoz. You are absolutely correct. If we're dealing with the soul from an African state of mind, that makes all the sense in the world. You are, I agree. That, that's real right there, yo. Renef, and, and we can, we can prove this systematically. And the, the Greeks and everybody after that got their concept of the soul from the Africans, and it became <laughs> something else. But even within Africa, it has evolved into something else. And this is why we do systematic scientific research. So we can go back into the past and see what was it in the original oh. and how it, is, how it has evolved, no pun intended, you know, over the years. And so when people talk about the soul, it's just your name. That's it. Right. That's right. So, uh, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Clearly um, confused. Um, the Arabic soul is and this word is linked to and comes from the, the concept of precious. So what it refers to, you can say, is what they call that selfish gene, that struggle to survive. Now something, the concept behind it is that something that wants to exist has some selfish aspect of it. So it's a much deeper concept. I know I used the word soul, but I didn't want to go deep, no. deep, deep what to the Arabic and what it's saying, but the point that is, out is that you have, can you hear me? No, Islam, can I ask you a question, man? Did you hear what I said? Can I ask you a question, though? 
Go ahead. How in the hell did evolution get in the Quran? That's what I want to know. How did it get there? Talk to me. That's Talk a longer story. That's a longer story. Talk, Talk to us. That's, did it, did it pop up in there, or did human beings write that in there? Or Bro, did, could, did Allah himself give us the divine wisdom to put it in there? I just want to know which one out of the three. The concept of Allah and the Quran and before we go into a long conversation, because literally we're reaching to the end of the end of the live show. I'm going to open it up. I'm going to set up a new uh, show that our members can actually phone in uh, to. Uh, but before we do that, I want to go straight to the YouTube, because YouTube has been asking questions, and I've been bad, and I haven't been able to ask these questions. So from Twist um, Elijah. And I believe this brother's from the UK as well. Uh, he asked here, Callum, please ask these guys to post fossils, post fossils that show an animal changing to a whole different species, please. So, can I answer that? Instead of instead of you doing that, could someone on here please explain to our audience members how yeah. the species, uh, how one species changes into another species and could you also um, you know debunk the myth of uh, species to one species changing oh, to an original an already existing species such as a human being changing to a monkey etc could you uh, possibly go into that it's very simple you man. Um, when you look at uh, um, evolution and a lot of people will agree with microevolution will say they don't believe in macroevolution but all you would have to do is just look at the fossil record look at the whole fossil record and you'll show that things change over time okay nothing just pops up out of nowhere right and so what people are looking for they're looking for transitional species and all that they have transitional species as a matter of fact we're talking to a group of transitional species right now we're all transitional species and we're still all evolving and so there is no human being popping up out of a goddamn April monkey that's not that's not evolution that's called creationism foolery okay so over time over the long uh, record of history of earth history if you look back right and study the fossil record you will see how things absolutely change. It's not hard. You have certain fish, right? They end up being vertebrae. You have the development of the wrists from fin. You can actually see these things and these changes. This is not hard. They have these things. Trust me when I tell you that. And we'll make sure we, you know, present that. What you got there, brother Saw, in your hand? Um, before, before my brother Saw goes into that, I just want to read out another quick comment um, from the YouTube. It says, from Ezekiel, uh, from my brother Ezekiel, uh, that's a good brother, he says, science is a partial understanding of Yahweh's intelligent design, ambiguous. The Bible explains how Yahweh created the Big Bang and all else. Uh, creationism is that Yahweh pollinated the earth with his intelligent design. Um, we have another few other comments. Um, my brother Tunji Legba says, yes, Ngozi is a pantheist too. Nice. Um, we've got other comments. Uh, Guilemero uh, Perry says, Heperu 
is manifestation. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Real quick shouts from everybody else. Uh, somebody else says here, Truth Hurt says, speak on Gabriel Adu Oibo's Grand Unified Theorem. Um, you know, there's so many different comments. There's literally at least a hundred or so comments here, and I'm not, I haven't got enough time to read them out. So my brother Simon Hotep, I know you've got a book showing to the audience. Uh, could you please go in on it? Um, this is this is in efforts to. I'm here. I'm here. This is in an effort to answer the question that you uh, asked in terms of you know where can we find these uh, transitional species and stuff to this nature. Uh, scientists have been finding these transitions for, you know, over a hundred years now, and, and it's 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 such a a childish, you know, question and argument scientific wise that it's it's almost not even worth responding to. But the book I have here is just a basic biology book that you know <laughs> when when you actually study biology in in college and you went to a university, you know, you would have this in the text. There's a whole there's four chapters on here, um, you know, on evolution. And they show you the uh, the transitional species. You know what it's all about. Who's the people that did it? I mean, just order a book and, and read. You know, th uh, this one's a little older because this you know this was taken taken a while ago. Uh, so I think this particular book by Raven Johnson, uh, Logos and Singer, uh, McGraw Publishing uh, in Biology is probably like in its eighth or ninth edition now. This is the seventh one, and so it doesn't even have the the, the transitional fossil that they even used. For the Dover case, like this was published right before the Dover case, and so uh, when we're talking about the transition from water animals to land uh, uh, species that 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 they have found, uh, which we'll discuss at the uh, on August the second, and, and and I just wanted I was showing at the beginning the uh, the actual dung beetle, uh, what uh, brother Unc was talking about earlier, how critical it is into the uh, the 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 conversation on. Um, evolution, but you know, again, the ancient Egyptians were already on it, um, and even utilized this as its symbol, you know, to to discuss evolution. And and I'll show you why, even on a linguistic level, why that's the case. Because again, the word evolution itself is African. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to give a source at least, and so where where the 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 person can find it. So you can just get the biology book. It's probably in the eighth and ninth edition right now. Raven Johnson, Losos, and Singer. Um, and, and you get all you get all those transitional uh, evidences and things of that nature uh, right there and in color for you. So you know uh, if it's hard to see in black and white. Come on, Google ship. It's easy to Google ship this buy a damn book. Google ship. They won't buy a book. They'll Google ship you to death. They'll Google you to ship you to death. To know to they won't get microbiology. They won't get it. They'll just Google ship. They'll look up how to debunk evolution. Crazy. And even when hey, you brother, you, look at, if you want to see transitional fossils live, you can look at a dog, a whale, and see the similarity. When you go to the base of like where his fin is, you can see a cuff, a cuff wrapping right there that shows the similarity to his hippopotamus cousin or something because they they have a lot of similarity. You know, even when you study dolphins, dolphins are mammals, whales are mammals, but they can go up and down. When you study the similarity between chimpanzees or apes, because we're classified as great apes too, and a chimpanzee is a great ape, and a gorilla, and you look at the cerebral cortex, as I keep stating, uh, appendix, the way the eyes receive light, 
the way it goes through the visual cortex above the cerebellum. You can clearly see why we are classified as great, great apes. First of all, monkeys have larger litters. Great apes don't. You have a rotating shoulder blade. You can see that. And when you look at the human genome and you match it up with certain species, the further you go back in time in the human genome, the more you connect it, you can see them to different specimens of life. You know, the four nucleotides of DNA, G-A-C-T, guanine, cytonine, thiamine, and adenine, you have the A and the T, thiamine, and adenine, that matches up certain coherences of numbers of variants. So when you're dealing with DNA, you can clearly see the similarities in the closeness between us and chimpanzees or the bonobo chimp. You can see it. So you would just basing things off things that's alive, you can see the transition. So that might ask the question, why aren't chimpanzees evolving today? Or why, first of all, chimpanzees went through evolutionary process as well. They did. Mm -hmm. We all, plant life go through um, evolutionary processes. I mean, you, you, you can study this all, you can see it. And as Brother Isaiah Mhotep said, it's really childish for people to ask that question. Because you can just look at basic shit around you and see the transition. Period. Period. <laughs> Here's a good one for you, right? People say, well, if humans evolved from monkeys, then why do we still see monkeys? Oh, goddamn. <laughs> First of all, the religion doesn't state that. But watch this. For sure, right? For sure that the, 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 the canines, the dog, right, are uh, actually the, the artificial selection come from the grape, the wolf. Well, the goddamn the wolf, wolf is still here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, I have a question for the um for the Amara Squad panel. Um, for okay, before, before you go into that, because um, we're literally reaching the end of the show right now, I'd just like to let our uh, audience member know that if you would like to hear and have an after show special where you can call in and ask the Amara Squad uh, members questions, we've got uh, Anka Keck who's here. Uh, we've got Asaya Mahotep, and we've also got uh, Team Osiris members uh, and Amon Raswan members such as Ngozi, Cameron, uh, Konsu, uh, Kuku, etc. If you want to ask these individuals questions, and even if there's a great from England, uh, any questions as well, we're going to have an after show special. The actual uh, link to the after show special is actually in the description box just down below right now. And I'll urge you to please give us a big thumbs up if you like the information. If you want more quality discussions like this, hit the subscribe button. If you want to see, you know, if you want to see a lot more of these titans passing through the studio, uh, hit the subscribe button as well. And pull up the playlist and have a look through. We've got hours. We've literally got, we've got hours worth of uh, show content up there. If something is there that you might tickle your fans, click on it and watch it. Um, but yeah, we've literally reached the end of this live section, and we're going to go into an after-show special after this. So just hit it up uh, in the description box down below, and you'll be able to join the after-show special, or go to the Talk with the Titans Facebook page for the after-show special, where you can call in from your home lines, or just get Google Hangouts to call in and speak to our members. All right, so this has been uh, Talk with the Titans, and I've been host Callum Al, and I'm signing out right now. So peace, hotep, shalom, salam, and all that good stuff to everybody out there. We're going to see you after this.